0: Welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor. I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Overcoming the Podcast. I have with me a guest that I kind of scoped out myself, a little intuitive nudge, because I love the way that she runs everything. She's so true to herself, and she's highly into the spiritual spirituality, woo woo side, all the things that y'all know that I love. And I've been embracing a lot more over the last couple of years. And we were just talking about what is going on right now in the universe. And let me tell you, by the time this comes out, it probably won't be that way. But right now we're coming into Mercury retrograde. We're coming into um, a Pisces full moon, which we both have Pisces in us. And also there's just miscommunications abound. Mars is in Gemini. There's all of these things that is like The past is coming up and driving us a little bonkers. So we were literally just talking and like vibing. We're like, you know, we should probably record this. So we're going to let you in. We're talking about triggers and when things come back up and how you work through it. So Liz, if you want to introduce yourself, we can introduce. You can just kind of jump right in. I just want everyone to kind of feel the real that's going on right here. Because I think people relate (laughs) when you're just triggered and it's just, it's hard stuff.
1: Yeah. So I'm at, before I introduce myself, I just, so nobody's, I'm a mystery woman. You're mystery. I want to, yeah. I want to respond to what you just said about being in this energy where the past is coming back up and where for those of us who are on the healing journey in this committed way and just really taking one step in front of the other every day and just trusting and hoping and evolving and hurting and go, You know for all of us yeah when this type of energy comes up like a full moon in pisces where we have double water and it's really cool because in the tarot in the major arcana the pisces card is the moon yes and the moon is this very feminine energy it's this invitation to go deep within ourselves within our communities within our wounds Mm -hmm. with the promise that will emerge on the other side feeling wiser, more grounded, more competent and more fluid in our approach to our healing. So we just have all of this beautiful energy, but going back to what we were just talking about before we got on is as a survivor and as we're survivors, we obviously approach the world differently. And as we're on this healing journey, We have to really keep checking in with ourselves and multiple inner children Yes, to to really ground ourselves and find out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And this morning I got an email, perfectly reasonable email, someone following up with me, but I got immediately triggered and I felt my whole body go yuck. Yeah. Woof. (laughs) And I had to really take a step back and say, I'm triggered. Yeah. I don't have to know why right now I'll let that unfold as it wants to. Yes. But I just need to take a step back and not react. Yeah.
0: I love that. And, and, you know, you touch on so many of like the science concepts there too, that like what you said, like highlighting that, like, I recognize I'm triggered. I don't need to know why right now. What's really important is when we're looking into the aspect of how you work through things, I believe it was Siegel, that you regulate yourself first, and then you go to reasoning, right? So you don't always have to know in the moment what's happening, but afterwards, you're going to step back and be like, okay, so this was happening because of this. This is how I can prepare myself next time. It's just like with kids. If you're working with a kiddo or you know, you're know you're interacting with a kid and they're having a really hard time and they're heavy in their emotions, you're not gonna be sitting there while they're unable to focus and they're having a, a, a tantrum or something or they're crying to go, okay, this is not right because you're not reasoning with the child at that point, you're helping the child calm down, get back to where they need to be. And then afterwards you can have a discussion of, okay, so this is what happened and this is what we can do differently next time. Right. So it's kind of the same thing with us. Like we're not always going to be like logic ourselves through it when we can't even access that part of our brain right now.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a really valuable point that you make that's valuable for all survivors where Mm -hmm. it really is. I think there can be a misconception. I definitely held it for a long time that I had to know why I was upset before yeah. doing anything about it mm-hmm. and or that that was somehow the goal, like to have that kind of insight in the moment. And you know the fact is we're still animals filled it's, with water and electricity. Yeah. And so like we're made of stars. Impulses, yeah, <laughs> those impulses will mm-hmm. fire. And so exactly, being able, you know, understanding that it's regulation first. Mm -hmm. regulation, regulation, first reasoning will come when, when it comes. Mm -hmm. And probably when you're able to absorb or integrate that message, like whatever that message or that thing that you overcame was, but in that regulating that that's the proof of the healing, right? Yes, It's just going straight to regulation hmm yeah.
0: And you know, when we're in this, especially, so when we add in like the spiritual component of like energy shifting and like, yeah, we have triggers internally, but we also know that our environment can impact us so much. Right. And so we get into like the spirituality woo woo side of things when like everything is shifting and everything in the stars is like, Okay, we're bringing you back to the past. Like, on top of the fact that you are a trauma survivor and you're always there, we're diving deeper. And usually, I find that when we're diving deeper into the past, it's to be able to look back, to work through the stuff that we think we've either pushed down or that's ready to come up so we can move forward, so we can level up. Because I don't know about you, but I know I'm about ready to go through this huge level up. My life, as I know it, is about to change. I've been feeling this for months, and it's like, it's here, right? but it's this last push, this last revisit to these things that I know do not serve me and how are you gonna handle it? And to the point where I have felt so unhinged that yesterday I recorded a video to my future self basically roasting myself saying, do not go back to this person, to this thing that, you know, is going to test you. Like, you know, better you've been doing this. I don't care if there's feelings, maybe don't plan your wedding on a first date. Like, come on. (laughs) I literally was just telling myself, I'm like, while I am somewhat sane right now, knowing and feeling what I'm stepping into, don't do it. And it's hilarious, but it actually was a strategy that really works for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can pep talk myself, but it's just, you know, you do what you got to do. You do what you gotta do. I
1: I need to try that. I love that idea, and that's a perfect full moon exercise too. Yes. Recording a video too. I love that it's um like Michael Scott from The Office. You know, like right? he, I was like Nick like, Miller did that to a new girl. Like it, yeah. after a
0: breakup, it was like don't go back to her, and I was like, yes, I need to do this in my life. This yeah. is amazing.
1: <laughs> it's so smart, and like again, under the full moon, doing it in this energy of the full moon. Yeah. So powerful where you're you're really setting that boundary and being like look no come yeah. come back to this <laughs> yeah like please and then act on. accordingly we're
0: we're going forward you're not the thing that yeah. i've been telling myself is like if it does not set my soul on fire as the quality one and the other one is if it does not align to what you know you are stepping into it doesn't need to be there
1: it yeah. just doesn't
0: And that's hard because I, especially as like the heavy Pisces, watery, loving energy, also like cancer chart ruler, like all the water and all of the nurturing care that I want to connect with people so much. Also, my hurt inner child is like, oh my gosh, we just want love. Oh my goodness. We just want connection with friends and everything. And like, I hold on to these connections with people lifelong, even after they've hurt me You know, parents and things that I've definitely cut off, but I'm someone who holds on to those feelings because once it's there, it's kind of always going to be there. It doesn't necessarily mean that it rules my life, but I know that there's a piece of my heart that is forever touched by anyone that I meet. And that's a blessing and a curse, (laughs) but when things come back and it's like, does this align with your higher self? Does this align with who you are? That's when it's really challenging. And I think, especially for that hurt inner child, and we're looking into like childhood trauma and abandonment wounds and all of that stuff that it's, it's taking all of that information, not losing who you are, but choosing to step into the highest version of yourself and that, that most powerful, authentic version of you that you can be
1: while still keeping all those parts. Yeah, exactly. Taking the inner children along mm-hmm. in a different way, in mm-hmm. an integrated way instead of letting them kind of take the wheel. Yes. Oh when my it's gosh, yes. Completely in a, you know, you wouldn't put a toddler behind the wheel of a Buick. Yeah. And yet and yet we're doing that. You know, we're subconsciously doing that. We are. And and be like I'm functional. I'm I'm holding a job. I'm operating heavy machinery. Yep. And yet a lot of the time there's a kid behind the controls in oh some way, gosh, yeah. especially yeah. for us trauma survivors. By the way, my name is Liz Zamorski. I'm I the guest say, on the do show wanna... today. You can find me on Instagram at the Fem Genius. I'm a professional psychic. I'm a lawyer to a light worker. Uh, I love it. And I'm the chief happiness officer of my own company in my life. I love so,
0: it. I love it no, all.
1: We got that out of the way. I was like I was like I was
0: like, I was like, you know, we can we can jump back into why we're here or we can just talk all of the woo woo and the healing forever. Like I'm down for that. Yeah. People who are here this audience, they're down for that, you know. Well, so I'll funny. say
1: that I okay, this is really cool. I'm yeah. going to let you in on a little thing. Yeah. I had my big spiritual awakening
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the end of 2018. So it was not that long ago. It was 4 years ago at this point. Yeah. And yeah. I was living on this island in Sweden. I wasn't able to work because my visa hadn't come through and I was walking in the woods every single day by myself. And I just started really unraveling Mm -hmm. a lot of who I was and really going into um, what had caused my diagnosis of CPTSD uh, 22 years ago. Yeah, And then how I've been living since then, and just really trying to move forward with my life for, you know, on this healing journey, you know, going to different therapists and, you know, trying to work with grief counselors and trauma counselors. And it just, nothing really felt like it worked. Yeah. And then I, I found this thing called nature. Have you heard of it? Whoa. You mean research-based nature that actually can assist yeah. in healing? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I know. Right? I, I found nature. Um, Amazing. And I started saying to myself, like being in these woods, it was like being in a cathedral. It felt mm-hmm. like hallowed ground. It felt like s- somewhere where something holy was happening. And I got to be part of it. And then I started, you know, reading up on things, seeing like what does this mean? Who's this blue eight-legged deity that popped in my head yesterday? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Kali. Oh, she's going to come in and pull all this bad energy out of me so I can step into my power. Okay. Like what if I just believe that? Mm -hmm. What if I just go there for a little bit and see how that feels Mm -hmm. and letting that evolve into all kinds of different you know, spiritual modalities and practices, schools of thought. I got really nerdy with it, you know, going into different types of philosophy, anatomy, just really loving how deep it goes beyond cards and crystals. And, you know, the, the the more commodified versions of spirituality that we see. Yeah. And I really landed in tarot cards, Like Mm -hmm. I, I didn't set out to be a tarot reader. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really sure where I was going with it. And when I picked up the tarot, it was like, I could hear the voice of my subconscious so clearly. That's exactly my
0: experience. My spiritual awakening has been getting in tune with my intuition and not suppressing these things about me anymore, um, maybe going about them a different way because we know sometimes in different contexts that you know, not everyone can hold your gifts, let's be honest. Right. Um, but the more I've been healing, the more my inner voice, and I would say like my higher self, I'm able to connect. And I'm like getting out of all of this conditioning that you're crazy, you need to keep yourself small, anything like this, and I'm leaning into it more. And I'm doing things so differently. I'm taking big risks. I'm walking away from job. I'm walking away from relationships that I thought were gonna be forever. Things like, I don't, I don't have any connection with my family because I know that's not what is supposed to be happening right now, and what's good for me. You know what I mean? And like, people looking at me are like, "This girl is probably so unstable." However, I'm the happiest that I've ever been because I'm listening to my heart and I'm listening to my intuition, and it's because I've been able to introduce those things along my healing journey, and spirituality is just a self-healing journey to recognizing who you are and where you fit in this universe. So, you know, I, I love that you're like, yeah, I went through this awakening and yeah, I found myself in tarot, but really from tarot has just been the actual physical evidence that I needed for a while of what my intuition is saying. Cause I hear things before sometimes the cards even pop up, you know, it's like, I know what's coming through. This is just proof for me that I'm not crazy. And that's something that I need sometimes being raised by a narcissist and being gaslit my entire life. You know what I mean? So it's really interesting. I love that you talk so much about tarot because it really is. It's just, it's like proof of what you're feeling.
1: (laughs) So interesting to me, how many trauma survivors end up becoming, um, psychic or, you know, going into spirituality as they get older, Yes, not only as a tool for healing, but it's also like we from so young had to stay so open and aware and alert. And I, you know, really scan every room, be very intuitive because, and then watching how our gifts have developed as adults. And I'm the type of person where like, I would hear a tone shift. And I knew like, you know, yes, Yes. armor up. Armor up. And as I've really explored my psychic gifts, you know, I think everyone has a little bit of everything, you know, being able to kind of see something in their mind or Mm -hmm. smell something or feel something with their body or just know something. But I've noticed that my Claire audience, being able to hear um, energy.
0: Yes, me too. Yeah.
1: Is really probably the keenest one. Cause when I'm doing a reading, I say a lot, I feel or I hear. And wow, we're the same. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. It just blowing my mind. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I love playing with these energies and like asking these kind of questions and staying curious. And it's like, I wonder if that was a gift that I had as a child was that clair audience. And that's why yeah. I noticed the tone shift or if the, my clair audience developed so much because of having to be aware in that way, mm-hmm. you know, but isn't it so interesting to see? And I wonder if you know, people who would like feel some, just feel a, you know, a feeling in the pit of their stomach that something was going to happen. Like maybe they're more clear, uh, sentient, you know, clear, clear feeling. Yep. Um, so it's just interesting. Like when I talk with other trauma survivors and I hear, Mm -hmm. you know, how they've always had a gift. uh,
0: When you have so much evidence that this is real, it's like, you can't dispute it. You know, like I, I also like my bachelor's was in science. Like I was a biology degree. I was like the science and, and you know, we go through the scientific process and the reasoning and all of this stuff. And it's like, I find so much that like science and spirituality and psychology all go together. They really do. And like, we were talking about this when we were planning this podcast was even like, when you look back at things like mindfulness, mindfulness used to be considered super woo woo. We don't go there. That's for the hippies, right? Now we have evidence that it actually changes your brain in the same areas that are impacted by trauma. So when we think about all of these things, like spirituality, we're talking about like energy, healing, and all this body work and crystals and all of this stuff. I really think that give us 10 years, if we start researching this and we have some evidence, it's going to be evidence-based trauma research.
1: Yeah, truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I talk about this a lot where even the act of giving a reading for me, um, it reinforces so much of my healing because I have to set really strict energetic boundaries for myself beforehand. I sit, I set strict energetic boundaries with the person I'm reading for. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm opening my energy in very intentional ways Mm -hmm. where I have specific intentions. And I'm like, this is the information I want. This is who I want to work with. Everything else needs to leave. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, closing the energetic connection, closing my energy, making sure everything goes back, you know, that it's grounded. And just the act of doing that, of intentionally setting boundaries and getting comfortable doing it, creating an energetic template for yourself Mm -hmm. or creating a template for yourself to say, oh, that's how easy it is for me to set boundaries. For so many of us who were never taught that. And when we set boundaries as adults, it feels aggressive you know, it feels it does. really uncomfortable. So teaching ourselves this very innocuous way that takes the edge off of it. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm just opening my energy and closing my energy and setting intentions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's setting boundaries. You did it. Congratulations. So, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, when you're doing it over and over and creating a practice out of that, even if you do nothing in between, even if you don't do a reading, you don't do, you yep. know, Just doing that practice of setting intentions, opening your energy, closing it and closing it, bringing back your energy and cutting cords. Yep. It's, it's so helpful to trauma survivors. And I could see that being, you know, that simple act. It, it sounds very similar to me as like the mindfulness track, where I think people are going to really start noticing soon that this is going to help with a lot of codependency and people pleasing and recovery is really being able to set boundaries for yourself.
0: Yeah. And even so, let's, thinking from a brain perspective, I love that you brought that up because when we're thinking about setting intentions, basically, so there's Harvard has recently come out with some new information that 93% of our decisions are coming from the subconscious mind, meaning below the conscious level based on Are what I like to call like the computer program that's been programmed since we were a child. Right. And 95% of this is programmed by the time we're 18. So, so much of how we act as adults is influenced by how we were when we were younger. Most of that is by the time we're seven, it's like 80 something percent, if I remember correctly.
1: So, uh, by the way, 17 years before the brain's fully formed, but back to Mm you, like, but exactly. Right.
0: It's like, okay. So here, this is the way that the the human body wants to work here. We'll tell you how to run everything before you can think. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Like what uncle,
1: my uncle always said seven was the age of reason. So like any child in our family or extended family who reached the age of seven, he's like, you're at the age of reason now. And it's (laughs) like, but it it is that magic number of like, there's something that does fully form that's recognized. And that's been recognized for a long time. Like something is fully formed by the time you're seven. yeah. And you're running on that program for a long ass time.
0: Yeah. And like, you think about it, like, and okay. So I, even from like, oh, I'm gonna nerd out here. Okay. So my occupational brain is coming in. So like looking at the brain perspective, you are taking in information so much at that young of an age By sensory information alone, okay? Mimicking the sights, the sounds, the whatever. You're not able to reason through these things, okay? Like you're just making... Decisions based on your environment because you you can't, like you said, we don't have that logic brain or very much access to that. Okay. So if mom and dad are not playing with me, that must mean that I did something bad or I'm horrible or I'm in trouble or they don't love me. And so we store that as a belief that I'm not good enough instead of now looking back when we're older and being like, oh, they were busy with work. Okay. But in our brain, we're acting like no one loves me, no one wants to play with me. I'm so weird. And then if you get into abuse in that time, then even more so those negative beliefs are going to kind of show up that way. Right. And so it's interesting to me that like our subconscious brain controls so much of what we do. And when we're, I totally forgot we were even talking about, I forgot my point, but when we're moving forward, it's really learning how to, oh, intention setting. That was it. When we're setting intentions, we're taking our subconscious and we're moving it to the conscious. So we're going from this 93% of the brain and we're saying, okay, so. I'm on autopilot all the time based on things that happened in my childhood, based on how I perceived things that were probably incorrect because let's be honest, my brain wasn't fully formed. Like you said, it's like 18 years before my brain actually knows what it's doing and can help me be like a fully functioning human, okay? So at this point, setting energy boundaries and setting an intention is genuinely just taking what you want to happen instead of having this automatic brain to say, okay, consciously, This is what we're focusing on. You're telling the program, Hey, we're going to work towards this. I know that you want to go in this pattern, but this is not what we're doing today. Question for you. What intention? So if you look, what intention did you set for this recording? If you're thinking about it, I did one subconsciously and I didn't recognize it.
1: I asked the spirit to move through me. Love that. that. That was the intention that I set. Cause I was that. like, I'm going to let the spirit move through me because when I, when I set that specific intention, there's a context to it where that means like whatever we're supposed to experience and whatever the people who will be listening are supposed to experience or receive from it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm letting spirit move through me to deliver that message. Yes. So, you know, we can, we can talk about underwater basket weaving and I'm like, somebody needed to hear it. So yep. <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, whatever message needs to come through
0: comes through. And I, I also realized there was this underlying subconscious of helping people step into their personal power and breaking yeah. some stigmas. And what's really funny is we literally just talked about this. I'm wearing my yellow power pants here and you are wearing your yellow shirt, which is all about that solar plexus, which is helping people step into that personal power and tapping into that. And I'm like, that just happened. We did that
1: subconsciously did that. together. Yeah, it's super cool. Like what? I so got. Up. I gotta hop back to what you were just saying, though. Yes, okay. Sorry. I love, I love squirrel this brain. Moment. No, 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 no. I love this moment, but this is my squirrel brain too. Being like, I have to have something to respond to too. Go for it. So, speaking of all this, it's really interesting too because, like, what you're talking about with setting the intention is basically overriding the programming. Absolutely. 100%. -hmm. What's also really interesting to do is when you talk about that birth to seven years span of time, Mm -hmm. and when you talk about it's very sensory. We're really in our senses. We're not in our logic. We're receiving raw data. We're making judgment, sensory judgments on it. Yep. And putting things in two piles at the most rudimentary level, which is this will help me survive or this could kill me. Right. Like, cause your brain is really in that, that survival mode, mm-hmm. especially like you said, when you add abuse into the mix. Mm-hmm. So as I've been on this more intentional spiritual journey now, um, for the past four years, one thing that I've really come into doing is engaging myself in sensory play and allowing myself to have, again, boundaried periods of time where Mm -hmm. I'm engaging in sensory play and I'm not intentionally doing it to give my inner child an outlet, but I've come to know that that's what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm overriding the programming when that's appropriate. And then I'm also building in time to have appropriate time with my inner child or giving my inner child appropriate times to come out. So then there's not this you know, grabbing of the wheel as we're, (laughs) as we're trying to move forward. Yep. Um, and that, that can take on so many, that sensory play, it can take on so many different manifestations. It can be being in nature and letting Mm -hmm. yourself go, oh, that's cool. That cloud looks like a crocodile. Yep. You know, it can look like painting, collaging, Mm -hmm. dancing. Mm -hmm. We've talked about dance too. I know that you do that. um, Oh yeah. A lot playing with cards, you know, playing with whatever, reading, writing.
0: Animals. Animals are huge for me. That's the first thing that helps me connect to that aspect of myself. Yeah. And like when you're talking about play too, it's not only important for inner child, but like mobilization. Like, so when we're As survivors, for a lot of us, we grew up kind of in this immobilized state in our nervous system of it's not safe. I kind of, I'm either people pleasing most of the time, right, I'm in this, or I'm like, I'm frozen, I'm dissociating, I'm not really here if we're in this like chronic environment of stress. So immobilization is one of the neural pathways, but also we have mobilization. And when we're on in more of like the the survival mode, when we get to mobilization, when there's more of a threat and we feel like we need to move, that is the fight or flight, Mm -hmm. but on the safe neural pathway play is the need for mobilization. And it's really interesting because it can be play, sensuality, and and actually immobilization is actually being able to rest and recuperate, not just freeze, but rest and recuperate. And so I find it really interesting that you intuitively know, hey, I need to play because whether you recognized or not, you were also changing the neural pathway from I'm not safe to this is a way that I can access a need in a safe way and in a fun way while nurturing my inner child, but also rewiring my nervous system in a need that within safety. And that's powerful. When you look at just from like the nervous system standpoint is it's not just your inner child. Like that's, that's why it's like people think like inner child is more of like a spiritual term, which it, it can be. However, it overlaps so much with healing so much with psychology. I think of EMDR. Have you ever done EMDR Mm -hmm. therapy? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much visualization and it's really interesting to me because so much of EMDR therapy overlaps with what I believe in spirituality. Yeah. And it's like, how are these not connected yet? How is the stigma still here? Because literally we're looking at the science of the brain and the nervous system and all this visualization, all of these things that we use for healing anyways, just putting it in a different lens. And people are like, oh no, we're pushing that away. We don't understand that but it's, it's really what people do throw in a card, throw in crystals or whatever. And people are like, Oh no, 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 no. But really it's just connection to your true self. You're working through your subconscious, bringing it to conscious awareness and working through the
1: stuff. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's all it is. And like you were saying, it's rewiring
0: mm-hmm.
1: your neural pathways. It's rewiring your nervous system to not just seek safety, but to know that it's, it can create safety. Yes. you know, And like that, it, 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 for me, so much of working with the tarot, working with cards, working with crystals, it's really to validate my own path you know the own my own creative path yep, yep. what i'm doing where you talked about you know you, you don't even have to pull the card and you already know yep you already know and then when the cards come out it's it's confirmation yeah and we can call that the power of suggestion we can call it whatever but i'm like does it make you feel good is it hurting anyone are you you know if the answer is yes and no there mm-hmm. then why not and trust me that i really went through a lot of trauma healing especially around my spiritual awakening because it did bring up this whole this is evil you're gonna lose your whole family yep you're gonna you know i i i got really scared Mm -hmm. and then a lot of people did go no contact A lot of you know when I finally started coming out. I was a corporate lawyer. I worked for I worked for boutique law firms in Dubai doing cross border mergers and acquisitions. Wow. I was a white collar criminal defense attorney in Dubai. I you know I was ticking a lot of boxes for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I. Could be the person that my parents told other people, "Oh, our daughter's a lawyer." Mm-hmm. Like that was a. I realized in hindsight that that was a gift for them. Yep. For, for me to say, like, is this good? And en- am I good enough now? Is this good enough now? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It never will be. It never no, will be. Ever. And <clears throat> um, you know, when I when I started my spiritual awakening, I got really scared. And I got a job as an in-house counsel for a software company where we live so fast, your head would spin. (laughs) Like I got a job so fast because I was like, I can't be left up to my own devices. I didn't know that I was, that this is what I was doing at the time, but I was just like, I can't be left to my own devices. I need to go get a job. Mm -hmm. And it became physically painful going to work, talk about when you were talking about the headaches, like, and I tried to say that to someone who was close to me. I said, it's physically painful for me to go to this office. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I just went, oh, I can't, because my, my husband wasn't, um, on the path yet. He, we always say, it, we joke, like he's about six months behind me in his, yeah. <laughs> in his evolution. I love, But that. you know, those first, those first six months. I mean, that I, I felt like I might've been going crazy. I felt like I was having oh a breakdown. Gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I yep. was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I see things so clearly now. And they're all so messed up. I was like, this is, I got to do something. My um, whole life my- has
0: been a lie. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Been there. Yeah. And my
1: husband blessed his heart. He was so supportive, but he was like, I don't really get it, but like, okay, I'm here for you. I I support you. And as this head of all, so I worked at that place for 16 months, somehow on fumes the whole time. I mean, Mm -hmm. somehow, and, um, I, left right when COVID started. So I, my last day was April 19th of 2020. And I'd put in my month's notice a month before that. So like right when everybody was starting to go home and everything, and I thought like, oh, if I work from home, it'll be a better environment. I'll be able to do better because I know I feel good at home. And it was maybe a week of working from home. And I was like, oh no, it's, it wasn't the environment. (laughs) Like I can't, I, I'm not supposed to do this. Yep. And, um, but you know, I, had I, I was so lucky that I had such support with my partner, you know, with my husband, yeah. um, feeling like he didn't fully understand it, but he was like, I can still support you in, in what you're doing. And, um, I you know, I was in a position where I could leave, but I was so used to him just really being there and listening and like understanding and, you know, helping as I was going through this darkness mm-hmm. and like trying to find the light switch and just knowing, like, I just need to keep, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what's happening, I, but I know I got to keep moving forward. Yeah. There's just something in me saying like, I just got to keep moving forward. And the good, the bad, and the ugly truths that I was facing about myself, my mm-hmm. past, who I was, who I thought I was, Yeah who had Put ideas in my head that just weren't true anymore. Yep. yep. Um, working through all of that, I, I did have a therapist at the time who is just an angel on earth. But um, you know, I was just so used to being able to be vulnerable in that way. So then when I told this friend, like it's physically difficult for me to go work there, they were mm-hmm. like, "What are you talking about?" And I just went like, oh, "Oops." Like I, should I never said be- that. I shouldn't say these things. Like people don't understand. Yeah, they don't, they don't. It was, it was tough. And I still to this day, you know, like only a few months ago, did my father acknowledge that he knew about my business and the way he found out about it was because in a dysfunctional family, people get rewarded for gossiping about one another behind their backs. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And I tapped out of that game a long time ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> never, never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still the way that people are given attention and rewarded in my family of origin. Yep. And yep. so my father had found out about my business through a sibling of mine, basically betraying my, you know, going out of their way to say, well, do you know what she, do you know what Liz is doing? And it was devastating yeah, because that opened the line. It gave abusers in my life um, a reason to get in contact with me after I hadn't been in contact with them for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, financial abuse coming into the picture, you know, threatening like to be like written out of the family, these mm-hmm. kind of things. Like, I don't have financial support from my family, but you know, basically like you're dead to me, you're not in my will. And yeah, those kind of, where I was like, really, <laughs> like, that's like, that's, that's what, what you yeah. got. Yeah. That's what you got. Okay. Um, and me, me trying to say like, this isn't about money for me and being told like, of course it is, you're being entitled. And you think that you can just, you know, I'm, I'm almost 41 years old. The logic okay? there.
0: I'm like, where's the logic
1: it, right. <laughs> I'm thinking
0: my brain is just but like, you-
1: really yeah and you know as like as an abuse survivor that that there's so much code that so much subtext so much code mm-hmm. um, that you there there is no logic logic
0: no it's just manipulation no tactics logic. it's just yeah. to the, i mean i don't even think they do it consciously anymore i think they're just no. wired for manipulation and yeah. anything I can do to not put this on or to make it look like a reflection, you're a reflection of me. That's one of the ones that I've seen. I'm yeah. like, that's what kept me the way I needed to be for so long. Like, keep you in this box. This is acceptable. This is not acceptable. Right. But also like, I'm not going to take any accountability for my behavior. So here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to punish you for doing something different. Yeah. And That's a, that's such a very common thing. in like the toxic family dynamic that, you know, especially the ones who have been the scapegoats, like you get that a lot, like you're punished for going against what we say, like, Oh, this is a family matter. Oh, you said something to someone else. Oh, you're going to be exiled. Like, Oh, you're not doing what I want you to do. You're not under my control anymore. Oh, well, I'm going to throw my little temper tantrum in my way and try and find ways to seek control or get you to come back to me.
1: No. Yeah not happening. No. And it is so empowering to go through I'll say especially the healing journey but to go through things like the spiritual awakening or to start exploring with your spirituality because it is so personal.
0: Mm-hmm. It go
1: I I talk a lot about free will with a lot of my clients where I say yeah. You know, first of all, anything I say here is just information. It's intuitive information that I'm bringing through, but you have free will. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like the way something sounds, like you have the free will to change that. If you do like the way something sounds, use that as a springboard to set more purposeful intentions around that type of energy. Mm -hmm. When we were talking before about the full moon energy, I love saying things like, listen, even if this is totally bogus, okay. Like even if all the planetary astrology stuff, let's just say, you know, all of this is totally bogus. However, there are enough people globally who are believing it and who are speaking this language and thinking this way and living with the intention of this, that you can't deny that people behave differently when there's a full moon or when there's a Mercury retrograde or when there's a there is a collective subconscious or a collective consciousness that is responding to a large set of beliefs. This is how we had the Holy Roman empire empire. This is how we had, you know, wars around religions. This is how we have ley lines. This is how we have sacred sites. Enough people are believing the same thought that it can change the energy of a place, a thing, an idea, a moment in time. Yeah. I think that's so fast where I'm like, you don't have to believe it. Look around you, you know, when, mm-hmm. when I gave birth, I don't, when I gave birth eight years ago, my daughter was, you know, her due date was supposed to be December 1st. And on November, it was my first pregnancy on November 18th. I went into labor mm-hmm. and my husband was kind of like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm not really sure. We did hypnobirthing. So I wasn't exactly sure, you know, If I was in full labor or not. Mm -hmm. And we um we went to the ER because it turned out I I was in labor, and they were like, the ward is totally full. And the midwives said, It's a full moon tonight. And I was like, What? (laughs) I thought they were crazy. I was like, what are they talking about? They found us a bed, but they were like, we're totally full there's so many people having babies tonight and like my own baby yeah. was born almost two weeks early because like she was ready to come, you know, she was ready to be a Scorpio. She was ready to come under the full moon. And like, yep. It was so funny. Cause when I went through my spiritual awakening, it was one of those moments where I went, Oh my gosh, I yep. think they were right. I think they were right. Mm-hmm. Anyone but-
0: who works with kids or in healthcare will tell you, I, even, even if you don't believe in anything else, yeah. you know, it's a full moon. Even if consciously you're not paying attention to it, you can tell by people's behavior. You can look at like the emergency room, all of the people, yeah. like the the like the energy is chaotic. People yeah. are explosive. People, it's always the people too that suppress their emotions that aren't in tune with them that it just comes out just like wild. And like yeah. the number of like accidents those days, and like you know, it's just it's I'm, I can't even tell you how many breakups I have had on full
1: moons. <laughs> <laughs> like- well, and I wonder if part of it is like. Okay. Let's just play with this. Let's nerd out here for a second. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, for so long before, you know, before electricity, you know, in the ancient world, the full moon really was magical because they would have the big Bacchanal every full moon. And like, that's when people would get pregnant because the women would be ovulating and Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. would be out partying and drinking all night because they actually had light to do it by. And they'd be dancing and they'd be, you know, having feasts to pagan gods and goddesses and, Mm -hmm. you know, Diana, the goddess of the hunt was really revered um, under the full moon because they could hunt under the full moon. There was just, you know, the reason that we blow out birthday candles on cakes is because it was a full moon cake that was made. And then they would put candles on it. You would make a wish and blow out the candles. And then they believe that the smoke took the wish up to the gods in the heavens. Like so cool. There's Mm -hmm. so much history and folklore around full moons. Mm-hmm. And so even if there, let's just say, even if there was no biological reason otherwise, like in the environment of why people get chaotic, I'm wondering too if it's one of those kind of human ancestral, it's in your bones that like when there's a full moon, it's time to get wild. <laughs> but like maybe you know it's time to it's it's party time and people, but I, I also believe that there is
0: a there is difference science. in the
1: Yeah. There's science behind it, but I
0: think too, if we know that the moon can impact the tides, right. in an ocean, if the mood can change the way that the ocean is and we're like 70 something percent water, why do we think that it can't impact the way that we behave? Like really let's let's, if you break that down in a science way, like that's always my biggest argument. I'm like, we know that the moon's energy and based on where things are changes the way that the ocean moves So why would we be any different when we're we're so so much water Salty and
1: watery? Yeah. Yeah. Like why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's funny. No, exactly. And and I'm with you and just taking it back again, like I'm with you where I think that science and biology and technology is moving at a fast enough pace now that yeah, within the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. I absolutely think there's going to be a lot more evidence-based Theories around intuition and spirituality and where they're really going to be saying, like, oh, we've figured out now that the, the moon really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it does this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, I'm with you. We'll put it, we'll put the 10-year date on it. So down in September of 2032, we'll have to have this conversation gonna be like, do you see? We predicted see? we
0: were right. We're not the crazy ones, y'all. We're not, we're <laughs> normal. <laughs> We were ahead of our time. Okay. No, I I totally agree with you. And you know what I've been thinking about this too. And I'm like, I want to circle back a little bit to what you were saying about alignment when things felt physically painful. And Mm -hmm. this is one of my biggest passions. And so much of the reason that this platform exists is not only for survivors to know that You know, so many of us were silent. So many of us were like, oh, you know, the gaslighting is huge. And it basically takes you away from yourself, takes you away from who you are, knowing your identity. A lot of us are either chameleons or we just, we suppress so many things that you don't even know who you are. It's one of the biggest impacts of trauma, especially early on is not knowing who you are. And so when you do kind of have this awakening whether someone wants to call it a spiritual awakening or not there is all there's a period in everyone's life at some point where you hit a rock bottom or some kind of thing where you're like things need to shift whether mm-hmm. you wanted to t- decide that's spiritual or not there is something that happens in everyone's life whether that is the abuse that you've dealt or with or you know waking up and seeing family patterns or you know if, whatever it may be once you realize what is happening and how much has not been in what we would call alignment with who you are, you're starting to recognize, well, I don't know who I am, but this doesn't feel right. That's the first step to figuring out who you are, where you want to go, what you want to be, because you're starting to listen to your soul. And the first thing you're going to recognize is what isn't right. And what's interesting is the more you recognize it, and if you don't shift it, the louder it gets. yes, And it does turn into that physical pain. It does. You know what I mean? Like I have, I fought it for so long. I am not supposed to be in a traditional job. I have a doctor of occupational therapy degree. Okay. I walked away from, I, you know, I'm, I'm great with kids. I love what I do there. I love working with kids, but the one-to-one over and over nine to five, that's not how my brain works.
1: Mm-mm.
0: like trauma brain, yeah. whatever. Like that's, that's not how I work. And I've always wanted to be a teacher since I was really, really little. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I'm like, I was thinking like, I'm going to be in a traditional classroom. The more that I have been leaning into myself, I've been reckoning, recognizing that it's stuff like this. It's being yeah. on stages and sharing about trauma and healing and growth and finding yourself and how to do those kind of things. Right. And so every time I'd be like, Oh, okay. So there were phenomenons in my life where I would go to companies that I knew about for a long time. And I have had people connections in that company who've been like, this is an amazing place to work. Like there's, you know, nothing like it. There's just this really awesome, amazing atmosphere and everyone gets along. And I would go there. And within a few months, things started unraveling at the seams. And I'm like, what? And I would immediately start seeing the dysfunction. And then other people around me would start seeing this dysfunction and people would leave in waves who have been there for years. And I'm like, what? And I remember going to, before I was in touch with any kind of my psychic gifts or even wanted to recognize that I had my own personal power in that way, I would go to, um, who I call I called her like a spiritual guidance counselor. Once a year. And I remember going to her and I'm like, what is this phenomenon? I know, like, I, since I was 12 years old, I wanted to be an occupational therapist. Why am I going into these traditional jobs being told that it's great? And then all of a sudden things start unraveling. It's like, because you're seeing dysfunction in systems, you're meant to see the dysfunction in systems because you're going to be the one to help change them. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is years ago. And I'm like, whatever. And I look back, what am I working on? Trauma sensitive care. I want to train programs, help with program development with training and how to work through in ways that are trauma sensitive, not only for clients, but for group programming. And that is so much of my purpose. And so every time I would go into a a typical job, I would see something else that came out and I was like, Oh, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to go to this next one. And the same thing happened. And I'm like, what? It was like the shift in management. And then they started getting really focused on money or they started getting into these like scarcity and survival modes and running a company that way. And I'm like, why, why has this happened? I've been in contact with this company. I know they've always been amazing. And I have people on the inside saying the same thing. People after a decade who have left just in this shift. And I'm like, so I had this phenomenon where every single time I tried to get into a traditional job this would happen and something would lead me towards like you need to leave. And I'm like I'm making good money. What do you I'm like hi I have to pay bills. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and so but I couldn't go against that intuition. Like I had to go into that job to figure out what was dysfunctional and I realized every single time I did it informed something I'm doing now. Yep but I couldn't ignore it. And every single time I walked away from a, a stable job where I'm probably making like $80,000 a year to oh go into a platform of survivors, take risks on contracts that are fleeting, moving in and out, but it's soul work. I'm just trusting and knowing that it's going to be okay. I've had cents in my bank account. Like there's, I had 16 cents when I quit my job and was like, I, I don't even Like at one point it was like, I was hopping around. I didn't have a house. Like everything at once shifted so freaking fast to bring me back to this. And everyone around me is like, you know, you're crazy, right? You're like, what? And I'm like, but I cannot ignore what's happening because only I know the patterns happening in my life. Only I know the physical things yeah. around me that are falling apart when I'm not listening. It's putting yeah. you on this path to yourself and what you're supposed to be doing. And It can be really hard when you're not the one actually feeling it. But what's amazing is like, even when I look around and I'm like, I'm physically in a very different spot, financially in a very different spot. However, I am the most fulfilled that I've been in so long because I'm listening to my heart. And also I know that's shifting soon. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can't explain it, but, and Mm -hmm. people always ask, like, you're glowing what's going on. I'm like, I'm finding myself and I'm listening to myself and I'm aligned with where I need to be. Yeah. Like that's, you know, and so if anyone is feeling like that, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but I just feel like that was supposed to come through that. Like, if anyone is feeling like that's not what society thinks I should do, I don't know. There's like, you know, things don't feel right. There's physical pain or whatever it may be. Listen to you. That's, that's ultimate fulfillment and happiness is when you start listening to yourself and knowing that you can trust yourself and you've got yourself no matter what, because guess what? Things could go wrong or they could go really, really right.
1: Yeah. really, really right. And, and the way that they go, right. Is going to be beyond your wildest dreams because you can't mm-hmm. anticipate it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I tell people a lot of the time, um, you know, to think about, for instance, if they're married, you know, like how you met your spouse. And if you try to go back through, well, we met at, you know, we met at a restaurant, mm-hmm. but then, but then there's always the But the reason I was at the restaurant was because, you know, and there's always like a longer Mm -hmm. thing. And it's like, if you actually kind of reverse engineer any good thing in your life, anything that you really cherish or value, especially when it has to do with other people, but opportunities, relationships, conversations you've had to try to say like how you were in that place at that time. And for that reason, or for that purpose, when you try to reverse engineer it, you see how many miracles (laughs) had to have, or how many chance things mm-hmm. had to kind of fall into place. And it'll take you all the way back to, to the day you were born if you go far enough back. Yeah. And so, you know, when you look at life in that way, now flip it around and say like, there's no way that you can predict how many chance meetings or how many days or how many conversations you're going to have to have to reach your next amazing moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, leaving room for the magic to come through, leaving room for that uncertainty. And just like you said, staying grounded in, I don't know much, but I know that this one thing or this number of things is true for me. And like you said before, where when you haven't been able to develop your own identity your whole life, when you said, who am I? Like Mm -hmm. that sent a chill down my spine because that has been you know, my repeating question for my whole life. Who am I? Yeah. I don't I don't know. And and when you talked about going from job to job and what your pattern was there, it suddenly popped in my head. You know, like my pattern was always going in and having being the capable one mm-hmm. in whatever job I took and being given a lot of responsibility, uncompensated responsibility that was above my level that was above my knowledge level Mm -hmm. um, that was above my comfort level Mm -hmm. and just taking it on and bearing it. And that Mm -hmm. was a pattern that happened to me as a survivor, you know, that happened to me as a child where I was, I was made to be an adult way before I was ready, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: way before it was even appropriate. And so, you know, looking at that pattern where, when I then found myself in that role again it was just like, this hurt. I could finally say this hurts. I can't do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, for the first time in whatever it was, 37 years, I was able to say like this, it hurts too. It's physically painful. I can't do this. Yeah, I have to leave here. Yeah. It's amazing how it unfolds.
0: It is. And, you know, again, if we put all for the skeptics out there if you put all of the spiritual components aside, if you put all the the stuff that you consider woo-woo, it just comes down to listening to your heart. Yeah. And the more that you're healing and the more that you're growing, the more you're getting in connection with your true self and your authenticity. Right. And then the more that you start living in that, you attract naturally what is meant for you. And I just I think about like If I hadn't owned my spirituality, if I hadn't owned my gifts and stepped in and like let my woo-woo flag fly, there is no way that you and I would be having this amazing conversation right now. Yeah, yeah. If I was still hiding, I wouldn't be able to have this powerful conversation on healing and transformation and including spirituality because I would just be sitting there being like, oh, and thinking about, man, I wish I could understand more about this and connect with these people. But because I was scared to lean into that part of me, I didn't have that around me. And now most of my friends were like, all right, what's going on this week? Like, Hey, can you pull some cards for me? I'm feeling a little clouded, so I can't get in touch with my intuition, but like, Hey, what's going on? Like, I will literally have friends be be like, what's going on with the moon right now. I just, I'm feeling something like, yeah, this is my every day. And I love every bit of it. It it just fulfills my inner child so much. Yeah. I never would have been able to get there. If I didn't listen to my heart and for you, maybe it's yeah. not spirituality for you. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like if you want maybe to be it's Lord adorant, of the Rings. Yeah. Like whatever like, it I is. I don't care. I don't care what's what your is. nerd.
1: Get into your nerd and trust yes. yourself. Yeah. Like, fully go into it. Follow because, your passions. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because your passions are your subconscious saying, Hey, hey, come over here. Come mm-hmm. check this out. Mm-hmm. You can keep your focus here for a while. We'll do the magic in the background. Yep. Like we're We're going to, this is you taking your power back Mm -hmm. by saying, I like this thing and it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. And it probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't, but I, I really like it. Yep. And again, like, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others, go for it. Yeah. Because like you said, it's, it's coming back to your power, your voice, your control over your you-ness over Mm -hmm. your being. Mm -hmm that has been co-opted your whole life by abusers or by people people who are gaslighting you and saying, well, that's not who you are because that's not who we're going to let you be.
0: Yep, yep. And I think too, like, as we're finding ourselves as adults, I think of it like, so many of us are kind of stuck in this high school mentality before we wake up, right? You have to be a certain thing, like the certain group or the certain clique, or in order to be liked, we have to be like this, right? This is the popular group. This is the nerdy group. This is the group that like, oh, we're really judgmental about them, whatever it is. And so I just remember so much of high school being like, I need to fit in. I have to be around these people. I have to be able to connect to these people. And it's really interesting because as an adult, no, you don't. You're Mm -mm. who you're around, where you decide to work, whatever it's in your control. We were, we were kind of forced to be in high school. We were kind of forced to be around all these people. And it's not going to say that you're not going to be around people that you don't get along with, or that aren't your cup of tea. Okay. We still, as humans and adults have to figure out a way to work with those people. But as far as like the connections in your life and the people who you let into your inner circle, you get to choose. It doesn't have to be like that popular clicky girl that you feel uncomfortable around, it doesn't yeah. have to be that. It can be where you feel comfortable. It can be yeah. the, the, the nerdy people who you realize actually nerds are super cool. And it's like the phenomenon where you think of like high school and it's like the nerdy guy who was really quiet and broody and like everyone was making fun of them. And all of a sudden as adults, they're just like, the emotionally mature, also very somehow super attractive human being now where the popular guy has like a beer belly and isn't going anywhere in their life. And like, they're, you know, take it out of the high school atmosphere. And you're like, oh, I actually have always really connected with this nerdy guy. And whoa, look at them now. Like we we're aligned here. You know what I mean? And when you're not worried about whether people think or the status or anything like that, that's when you
1: connect. Yeah.
0: We're not in high school anymore. To stop no. living like
1: it yeah yeah i had a friend of mine tell me a couple of weeks ago that they never felt more free than when they were 17 mm. and that blew my mind wow because i i understand that that's their truth and i honor that and i honor that truth in whomever may hold that belief mm-hmm. but when i took a moment because i was like whoa that was my reaction just in my mind. Whoa. Because I was so caged in at 17. Me too. Yeah. Not just by my family, not just by society, but because I had reinforced the bars from the inside. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. I was behaving a certain way. I was doing certain things with certain people. You know, I was being this personality for my friend group.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was not being too smart, but not too silly and like not too funny, but not too dry, you know, just I was baby bear. I was just right. yep. And I was having to be an adult when I went home. So there was just a lot of restriction that had been built in my life. Yeah, and so when I thought back to that, I was like, wow that is just so far from my experience. And like adulthood, while it's been challenging, um, figuring this out for myself, you know, doing the, going through the pitfalls, having to pick myself back up, saying dumb things, you know, saying things that got me results that I didn't want at the time, but ended up being for my greatest good. You know, those, those lessons that you learn along the way, like I wouldn't trade the past 17 years for those first 17 years it, for anything, Mm-mm. because it's, it's been so hard, but I've always known and trusted, like I'm creating, like I'm developing my experience. My, I love saying like I, I was really writing a good origin story, you know, adventuring, going out, experiencing life in um, a really open way. I didn't go to law school until my later twenties and <clears throat> you know, so I'd had, I'd had time of kind of figuring some stuff out even before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so like, I just think of how much freedom I feel like I've had since that time. And especially since this awakening, really letting myself own my own language, own my experience, not having to keep myself quiet to legitimize someone else's experience over my own, um, becoming a world famous psychic, you know, where my family who still don't acknowledge what I do, mm-hmm. they also can't deny it. It's I'm out there. There's proof there's people I have clients, you know, I have a business. This is a legitimate business.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not staying quiet. I'm not hiding in the closet. And so while they don't want it to be true, it is. Um,
0: and it always has been.
1: Yeah. And it I still, I, I feel myself still carrying the shame around it. You know, when I talk about them and I'm standing in my power, I can still feel the shame in my body mm-hmm. the whole time. Even though I'm like, you know, I'm st- I believe in this, like, I'm not gonna hide my light, but I still, I feel that. And so if there are people yep. who are listening to this who are trying to make sense of both of those truths, they can coexist. You can stand in your power and still also feel the shame. It's about not responding or acting from the shame. That's the that's that shift. That's mm-hmm. the awakening saying this can this can exist in my body. I hope at one point it won't, but but for now I'm not going to put all my mental energy on that. I'm just going to say, okay, yeah, I feel I feel my insides cringing, but I also know that I have a higher reason for doing this and that I am helping people and I am helping myself. So yeah, that, but that inner battle still rages, you know, and then I, and then I have to go speak about, you know, feeling tired and feeling exhaustion. Like when I set out for um, building my own business, I was also the person who was like, I can't work a nine to five. I can't work a six to 10, you know, like I can't, I can't have that. And I, when I started building my business, I had hired a business coach and she said like, what's your goal? And she was talking about money. And I said, listen, if, if it was money, I would go back working at a corporate law firm. Like I, it, it, it's easy for me from a place. I understand how privileged it is to be like, well, money is not my initial goal, but you know, of course I want my business to be profitable and, but to also be helping people. Mm -hmm. And my goal was I want to work three hours a day, max. I want to work three hours a day and be able to build my business and be able to still do my healing. And she was like, okay, well, let's not put the cart before the horse. Like you need to actually figure out what it is you're doing before you start setting your hours. And I was like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. that's not the way I want to do it because I've done it. I was like, I'm not leaving corporate law to come into another basically corporate dictated environment. Like that's Mm -hmm. not why I'm here. So thanks. And I'll say that I've grown a very successful business working three hours a day because that's all I can handle. I need to build in rest, play, time for myself, for my own growth, for my own healing. Um, And I bet there are people out there who are like, I wanna work a half an hour a day because that's all my nervous system can take. And I really hope that that's the type of, I, I see it. And I really hope also that that's the type of paradigm that we're moving toward where we really look at each person and say, what is it that you bring? What is it, what's your gift and how, how long can you stay healthy while also providing your gift and letting people really be in the way that they want to work, the way that they work best, what they work best with going back to that kind of global village mentality of each person has a purpose, has a gift. Yeah if we're not commodifying and saying, well, you have this gift, but you also need to feed yourself, right? So we're gonna need for you to put that gift aside and just show up and do what we tell you to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I really feel like, especially with all the people taking back their personal power globally, that we are moving to that, where we can really be showing up in our power. And then, you know, all these systems,
0: capitalism been is been finally starting to shift hopefully yeah i mean it'll take a while but people are recognizing that capitalism is not the best
1: yeah mm-hmm. because it doesn't work long term and it doesn't work with this no. many people on the globe no like there's too many people on the globe for capitalism to be it mm-hmm. we just can't we can't sustain that nope um yeah
0: So I know I I hear you and I'm like, people are gonna be mad at us for saying that, but I don't even care. Also, I'm kind of feeling like we should pull some cards. What are you feeling? Sure. Yeah. Let's pull some cards. Yeah. So shuffle
1: up. So are we pulling this for who's listening? Pulling this for who's listening. Okay. And um I feel the question that I'm asking is what do they need to know about the journey? Love that what do they need to know about this journey? Ooh. Okay. One is there one more? This is so beautiful. Okay. Um, seven cards actually want to come out. Seven's our magic number in this, in this, um, podcast, I think So we've been talking about like birth to seven. We've been talking about, we have, wow. Yeah. They're amazing. There's some, there's some other seven energy that was kind of coming through too, which is cool. Um, that's also good luck. Sevens are usually good luck. Good luck. -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I I also associate seven with expansion. So that could be interesting too. Mm -hmm. But it's so cool because the cards on the table, these seven, are it's talking about this journey of the work that we're here to do. And so much of the work that we're here to do is to really do what we've been talking about. It's the drilling down, it's the going back to our core values, our core seeds of self and then being able to nurture them in a different way in order to achieve different, more favorable outcomes that make sense to us. And I say this because the cards that came out, I'm gonna talk about the first three cards, apparently for right now. I got the eight of pentacles.
0: Mm-hmm. I Ten love of, that deck.
1: Yeah, this is the light series tarot by Chris Ann, and I always recommend it for new readers, yep. old readers, everyone. Yep. Um, it's such an accessible deck. It's
0: my go-to was- that I
1: use it's so beautiful. I love it. So we got this eight of pentacles, the 10 of cups and the page of swords. And what this is telling me is that our work is really to go through the full spectrum of emotions in order to come home to ourselves. When we're able to do this, when we're able to trust that our future self or that our higher self or whatever you want to call that subconscious part of you that, that still exists from your core, it's your core self. It's your core being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that that part of you is also guiding you. It's, it's standing with you in your truth and saying like, just keep putting one foot in front of another. And that as you trust that it's doing the emotional healing behind the scenes, it's bringing you back to yourself. It's bringing you back to your truth. And it's also going to ignite a whole slew of new ideas. You were talking before about really being in this liminal space where you can feel that there's this big change coming yeah, and it's like, you're already holding that energy. And so even if it wasn't originally going to happen, you holding that belief is really helping you make intentional moves to manifest that in your life. Yep. And so this page of swords is really saying like you hold all the cards It's within your own power to set the intentions, to get yourself on the path you want to be on. It's not waiting for someone else to give you the answer to who am I or why am I here? It's you deciding in every moment, this is who I want to be. This is what I want my life to look like. This is what I want my purpose to be. Mm -hmm. You get to decide that. And when you make those bold claims, even if it's not who you're going to be forever, even if it's not what you're going to do forever, just going through the practice of making a bold claim of who you want to be in the world. It's putting you on the road to evolution. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get to a point where that's not going to ring true for you anymore, but you're going to be like, then I get to change. I get to give myself permission to change. I am under no contractual obligation as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah most of us are under no contractual obligation to never change mm-hmm. right and the people who are end up suing their managers at some point but that's another story or they or they record taylor's version of red okay yep. but yep. we but most of us are are not bound to stay the same but we've been taught that we are and so one of the biggest acts of revolution that we can make in our lives for ourselves is to claim like i give myself permission to evolve I give myself permission to learn. I give myself permission to change my mind. What was once a yes gets to someday be a no and vice versa. I get to change my mind. And so many of us as survivors were taught absolutism and where, when you say something, you better mean it or else. Yep. And so it's so healing to allow yourself to be malleable and flexible again, to allow yourself to, to allow your, get the words out to allow your experience to change and to allow yourself to change along with it. Mm -hmm. So that was the first message. The second one, I feel like this is more about the journey. This is so cool. Okay. The second little message I wanted to give everyone comes in the form of the ACE of swords, the page of wands and the six of swords. And when I talk about the swords, just really fast, I want to, I want to let everybody listening in on the basis of that energy in the tarot, the swords are air energy. So these are your thoughts, your logical mind, your thinking, the, Mm -hmm. the structures that you build for yourself in terms of your mindset, the way you see the world. And so having these swords coming out is letting me know that there's a lot going on in the changing of your logical mind and really allowing yourself to see how, as you heal, your level of logic becomes so much sharper, your reasoning becomes sharper. It's like, I'm seeing in my head, one of those Rube Goldberg machines, you know, where our old logic can sometimes feel like a Rube Goldberg machine. And that's the type of thing where, you know, it's like, you, you push the basketball, it falls in the bucket, which falls down. And then, you know, it's like this series of events that have to happen for the, the end to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like the game mousetrap that we used to play as kids. Oh my gosh. Yes. And as we're building our lives, as we're learning how to be in the world, it's like, our brains are con constructing this Rube Goldberg machine, it's almost analog for a really long time. And the more that we repeat a process, we kind of start noticing how our brains can take out middle steps. You know, it's like learning addition or subtraction or multiplication mm-hmm. where you know, you go from having to count on your fingers to one day, just being like seven plus four is 11. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's showing me that as we're doing this healing, your logic is going to become a lot faster and more efficient. And that's going to help you to make much faster moves where you're going to make much faster decisions. And when we're first on the healing journey, fast decisions, especially for trauma survivors are usually people, like you were saying people pleasing or their knee jerk reactions, or it's us trying to fix something or to satiate a need that comes from, Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it like the dark place, right? Um, that, that old, um, traumatized parts of ourselves will be making the decisions. And so fast equals dangerous. However, when you've been on the healing journey for a while, there's this really beautiful message coming through that feels like this love letter from ourselves that's saying, listen, as you get more and more healed as you let yourself find more and more of who you are, you're going to get to this point where things can speed up again in a safe way. It feels like this little secret, you know, things get to speed up again. Yeah. But it's okay and it's safe because you're moving in healthy ways. And so there's going to be more efficiency in your logic. You can trust it this time when you get to this point and you feel yourself being ignited by ideas instead of being carried away by them so there's this nuance coming through it's when you get ignited passionate you start going down the rabbit hole you start following logic paths and coming to conclusions that feel really good and making decisions like that it's different than getting swept up in a moment and getting carried away by crowd mentality or how someone else thinks they know what's best for you yep. so there's this this neat nuance that's going to happen on this journey and where it leads to this is the last card where it leads to is the ace of pentacles and it's this beautiful glowing yellow card stop and it's, it it's stepping handed, into your
0: power oh my gosh stepping
1: directly into your power and knowing that you already have roots there you already right have breaks there. Yeah. I Yeah, you want to answer, can you put up the last
0: three cards again? Cause I was super drawn to something. Yeah. Um so if you're watching the video and if not, I'll describe this to you. So there's there's this idea that so the first one is like the ace of swords, there is like this crow. Up in the top corner. So it's like, basically like, it's kind of seems like your mind is being illuminated. It's like, you're connecting to like your intuition and your higher self. You're stepping into your like power, your playfulness, you're figuring out where you want to go. And then it's really interesting because the crow is up by your head. And then you step into this six of swords energy and these crows are leading the boat. It's almost yeah. like your intuition, this, and this, and also like, to me, crows symbolize like metamorphosis, this, this transition, right. And it's actually really powerful for me because I have been seeing crows following me on my walks and it's been like huge, huge fat crows. They just sit there and they just follow me and they sit there and they stare at me and I'm like, what is going on right now? Um, but it is, and it's, it's this like symbol of, connection to not only like your spiritual self but of metamorphosis and change and so I find it really interesting that the imagery on the cards also dictated that um yeah. and sometimes that's that's too like if you're newer to reading cards and I'm sure you would know significantly better than I do that sometimes you're just drawn to different imagery that yeah. helps bring the message through yeah. even if you've never seen a specific detail on a card all of a sudden your eye goes zoop, And your intuition zooms in and it makes sense of a story for you. Um, And that's what I find really interesting. It's it's not just regurgitating like the meaning of what things are. And that's why I love how you do things because it's very intuitive based. And it's interesting how my intuition also pulled on something that continues the story.
1: Yeah. My intuition wants to respond to your intuition for a second because I felt (laughs) like there was something else. So this other really cool thing that just popped in my head is that um, if you've ever seen crows, the way they build their nests. So literal crows nests, they like, they're attracted to shiny objects. And so they'll fe- literally feather the inside, the interior of their nest with little shiny things that they pick up. So buttons or pieces of tinsel or glitter or other feathers. Hmm. So from the outside a crow's nest will look very plain, but when you look into it, there's usually some sparkliness and some treasure in there and so again what you're when to what you were saying about being led by the intuition it's also like you know it, it may look plain and normal from the outside but if you just change your perspective a little bit and go inward there's some treasure there
0: yeah oh my gosh that's beautiful okay and what's really weird is i just intuitively picked up my blue goldstone pyramid and i've been playing with it so I love it. and it's yeah. it's literally it's so shiny. It's, it's like so shiny, those, it looks glittery. Yeah, it is, it does, it has glittery in it, and it's I think this is also has to do with like stepping into and it's the blue too. So we're talking about like the throat chakra using your voice, stepping into your power, but also it's like being seen is kind of what I get mm-hmm. with this. Like being seen and being recognized yeah. for your gifts is kind of what I'm getting with this. And I just like literally, I have so many crystals around me, and I started picking it up. And I was like, huh. I love it. This is interesting. So Oh my gosh, my mind is just like blown in the best way, and I am just—I'm very grateful that my intuition was like, "Hey, reach out to this one because I think there's something that needs to come through." And we hadn't really connected before. I just been like silently watching and been like, "Um, cold call? Would you want to connect? And would you want to talk on a podcast?" And you're like, "Um, yeah, but don't sell me something." And I'm like, "Oh, wait, no, no." <laughs> Which yeah. is, you know, I it just led to this powerful conversation that I think for a lot of people, I feel like we just opened some eyes. Like, I hope so. I just, I don't know. I'm also like, really, I'm seeing like blue and yellow, like being allowed to use your voice to step into your personal power. is kind of what I'm getting here. And I'm looking at my little sun thing. This is actually, it was a gift for a while ago and it was kind of like the essence of your soul painting And it's, it's the sun with a face on it. And it's really, I'm like really drawn to it right now in the background that it's the yellow sun coming through. It's you stepping into your power. And there's this like dark blue around it, like by you just allowing yourself to use your voice and to listen
1: to that intuitive voice to move forward. I'm going to blow your mind for a second. Okay. Please do. Because I love what you just said. I love what you just said. And I just want to show for the people on the video and I'll narrate it for people who are just on audio is that you did not see, I'm just going to say, ethically speaking, Taylor did not see what I'm about to show anybody before we got on this call. Mm -mm. Okay. So I'm just going to tilt up my camera here and above where I'm sitting is a painting that my husband did. And it's got a yellow background and it's got a blue dragon on it. Oh
0: my God. And
1: so it's literally the opposite colorscape of what you just pointed out where you said it's the blue outline yeah. and then the, or the blue background with the yellow sun in the middle and mine's the yellow with the blue in the middle. So <laughs> I just, okay, hold
0: on. I'm going to bring this over for people. Hold on.
1: Okay. <sighs> wow. I love that.
0: And it's like the dark blue and the light blue. It's like, to me, it's like the dark and the light. And then it's like, honestly, what was really interesting to me, and this is one of the first ways, like I started recognizing, um, that we are connected. The person who did this painting never saw a picture of me. This is like my eye color. My, co- my eye color yeah. is really unique. Cause it's almost like turquoise. It's like a gray blue. It's identical. And I've like, yeah. I keep this around. The more I step into my power, the more I feel like it's this like quiet, confident energy that's shining wow. through. And allowing and like bringing people to use their voice,
1: yeah, full chills, full chills. Like,
0: like, what?
1: It's beautiful.
0: I just, I, yeah, that I have a
1: hundred percent chills right now. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I don't. And like yeah. just being able to marvel, right? We're not hurting anybody. No. Just us being able to marvel and have this moment together. Like this is what my highest intention is for everyone to be able to do, to play with life, mm-hmm. to play in these energies, to really be, be able to let things go and let yourself have fun and yeah. believe in magic. Like, look at how good, where we're like, oh my God, I got chills, Yeah, but it feels so good. It's fun. So good. And I'm like, the, for me, I'm kind of like, this can't be wrong to enjoy a moment with someone who, you know, yeah. we've had a couple of conversations, but we don't really know one another. And like, look at how much connection we've developed over just the past couple of hours, Yep. being able to go deep with each other, being able to trust one another, being able to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then this really beautiful moment where we got to share these cool things in the background of, of where we're sitting. Yeah. It's magic. It just connects it feels to a message that like somehow yeah. wild. And that other people will probably take what they, you know, I'm hoping that they'll take what they need from this conversation. Mm -hmm. They'll be able to, and they'll probably be focusing on something totally different than what we're focusing on, but they'll be like, that still rings true. Yeah. That still rings true for me. So it's, it's really this stepping into your power, stepping into your voice, stepping into your, I am energy. Mm -hmm. Who are you? You are, you get to define it.
0: Yeah. And I, I have this sense too, like, we already know who we are. It's just a matter of uncovering all the layers that the world told us we were, but our soul Mm -hmm. knows our heart knows. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. My, I, this is, this is exactly what I needed. I don't know about you, but my heart is just exploding right now. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation. And I really hope for people listening that like, hopefully this helped. Destigmatize the whole spirituality, woo woo, witchy, whatever you want to call it. It's really, it is just the journey of coming back to yourself. And when you take all the tools away, it's just connection human connection, connection between each other, connection between how we function in the world around us, and connection to ourselves. And I just, I love being able to have these conversations and just. I'm just, I'm seeing stars in the sky. Like I'm thinking of like, it's really interesting. This is probably going to happen after the release. And I have no idea what this is going to be, but I'm really drawn to like the new Taylor Swift album that's coming out midnights. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the dark blue and I'm seeing like gold stars illuminating. And that somehow that like, that's, that, that album is illuminating a truth deep down within her that she hasn't quite yet expressed yet. And it'll be interesting to see after this comes out, how this plays out. But like, that's yeah. what I'm getting that like, we are illuminating truths about ourselves and yeah. we're starting to share them not only with ourselves and getting the courage to do that, but sharing it with the world, the deeper we go into healing and it doesn't have to be all at once, but it's happening. And it's this beautiful process. And I just, I just, it makes my heart so happy to be able to see that. And I'm literally seeing like the the image of like the lotus flower blooming in my head that that's that's you know that's been the symbol of this community for so long. is like you've been through the deepest, darkest, hardest stuff. and you've been able to take that and you're blooming. And you're spark like you're getting ready to this point where like you're about ready to sparkle and like shine that into the world, that self-actualization piece. That's where we're all headed. And it's just it's beautiful and powerful. And this conversation just just gives me so much hope for that for not only myself, not only for you, but for everyone listening. It's just gorgeous. It's like gorgeous imagery. And just, just thinking that like, we're all headed there. Yeah. That's freaking beautiful. I'm so
1: grateful for this conversation. Me too. Me too. It's been so, it's been so nice talking with you. And I just, I hope that everybody walks away with something.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I know they will. I'm sure we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it this way. Like we're going to be loaded with messages. I already, I know this is happening, but I just, okay. So let's, let's rein it in a little bit. People, what do you offer? What do you do? How can they connect with you? How can you support people in this journey? Cause we already know you can, but how can they find ways to connect with you and take this step further with you?
1: Yeah. So free resources of mine are on usually Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm at the Fem genius. And then if you are looking for readings, I offer one-on-one readings and those are available through my website, LizAmorsky.com. Mm-hmm. And I also host different retreats. Um, also intro to tarot and advanced tarot courses from time to time. So if you hop on my Instagram and sign up for my newsletter, you'll get information on offerings and how things evolve in my business from time Wonderful. to time, but it comes back to mainly readings mentorship. And like I said, free, you get some free, good vibes on Instagram through me. So I'm always happy to have people there.
0: I know. And I'm like, I'm not someone who interacts a lot on Instagram because honestly, it's so much of my time and energy just creating. So when I see things that I'm drawn to them, I'm like, I don't even think to like, sometimes even comment or like, but in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm really drawn to that. I really like that. And you just kept popping up on my page. And like, literally your energy just draws people in. And I just, I love that. Thank you for stepping into your authenticity and being able to support people in this way. And it's, it's interesting. It's like you consider yourself a psychic and that's what you do. But I hope you realize that like so much of what you do is really supporting healing in others. Yeah. That you and I are no different in that regard. So I hope that people listening who are feeling drawn to that, check it out. Even if you're just like, I want an example of how to step into my authentic self please connect with her. Um, it has helped me open my heart in ways that I didn't know was possible, even in just this conversation. And, you know, I think that's one of the gifts that you have is just like opening people up and it's it's beautiful. You. So thank you. Oh, it's been it's an my honor. Pleasure. Oh thank my goodness. You so much. Yes. Yes. Everyone definitely go check her out. Stay tuned. And yeah, all the things will be listed in the show notes. And just remember that like, it's possible for you and you're stepping into yourself. So all right have a wonderful day bye Bye, everyone